0: If you look at a unique selling point, you can be unique in your market. And I know we'll, we'll go on to talk about that, about competitor analysis and who your customers are. But a unique perceived benefit, you might not actually be unique.
1: We are going to be making conversations about unique offerings count. You might have 10 staff and there's another
0: business down the road that has 10 staff doing the same service. But actually, you're different because... <laughs>
1: Thanks so much for tuning in to the Making Conversations Count podcast. I'm Wendy Harris, and I'm your host for the next half hour. Today, as every episode you will know if you're a regular listener, we take you on a journey, and today is no different. There are so many questions when you start to delve into USP. Is your USP discovered by you or your clients? Is it merely a fact around your business that makes you stand out as a perceived benefit? It's lots and lots of questions, but hopefully you will find out a little bit more about how to discover your own USP. Let's get straight to it with David Christian. We've had several really good long chats. I'll just let listeners know how we got to know one another. So we've been introduced by good friend Shirley. He said, you two need to meet. And we always part on one of those, can't wait for next time, But a lot of synergy in what we do, what we talk about. And I thought, you know, we've been going on this journey with the podcast in the last few episodes, looking at people's numbers, looking at the value proposition of things, how to niche, looking at features and benefits, looking at how to keep up with your sales processes in this sort of thing. And we had a conversation where we were talking about elevator pitches. Yep. And how when you first look to introduce yourself in 60 seconds, that they can generally be really terrible and with a little bit of help, you can really get them great. And where people struggle the most is finding that USP, unique selling proposition, for example. Why me? I always just go, there's only one of me, the broke mold. You'll never get this experience anywhere else. As Simple as that. How many businesses have you worked with
0: one to one, about 238, I think, over the last five or six years. So it's quite a lot of variance with that. All small businesses, some now not so small, which is great. People are doing quite well. But you're you're dead right, this this weird and wacky thing called a USP, a unique selling proposition, unique selling point. There's a few different phrases for it. Yeah, so people get a bit hung up on it, really.
1: Yeah, and it is the hardest thing, I think, because... We have to self-analyze.
0: Absolutely. But it's also how, yeah, some of us, including myself, we're not, that it's not easy to put your mindset in somebody else's. So how do your customers see you? How do you want your customers to see you in relation to, I mean, the, the, this is a business proposition. So in terms of your product and service, what do your customers care about? But sometimes it's, it's difficult to understand that. So you can be unique in many ways, which is great, but. It's got to be unique and appropriate to the the conversation and the people you're talking to.
1: And I I know when it comes to helping with that, it's always easier to help other people than yourself, isn't it?
0: Oh, I'll tell you, well, for this conversation before, yeah, part of the a lot of the stuff, the work I've done, I, I think you know I used to run the West Coast Accelerator Program for the Hunter Foundation. Part of that was very much about connecting people so that they can learn from each other. The peer peer-to-peer learning aspect of it, because standing up, and I could, and people don't like it, I could stand up for hours and talk about business guru things. And the value is in people learning from themselves, because it's good. they can learn from others and other people's experiences and the good news stories, challenges. That's the real learning, because it, it resonates with them. So yeah, get, getting together with people to talk about this and then exposing yourself. A little bit to tell people, this is my story. These are my challenges. But also, this is what I want to help people with. And that's where the USP comes in. It's, what can you help with?
1: Yeah, what problem do you solve? Often, we forget to think about how our customers feel after we've helped them. Do we ask them enough? I mean, we hear lots of stories, don't we, about, have you asked for a recommendation? Have you asked for feedback? Is that really what you want
0: to know? Customer surveys, we've all heard of them. Most of them have probably done them and asked for feedback. Certainly, I've worked so I've run, we would always ask for feedback at the end. And I would act- and we would we'd pay attention to them. I'm not sure if we were asking the right questions, now you say that.
1: Because it's loaded to be in your favour, isn't it?
0: Yeah, I, I, I suppose, now you say it, I hadn't really thought of it. I'm asking questions that I won't do the answers to you. You know, have I taken the time to really work out what was important to the the delegates, the people, the business owners that have attended? Yeah, a good point, actually.
1: That in turn brings you back to why you are unique is that you've put that customer first.
0: Yeah, I, 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 absolutely. I mean, all, all businesses, you're right, all businesses are different. And if you can change your mindset to rather than having a product or service that you're selling, mm-hmm. is go and find the people and talk to them. What what is it you need? What, what's going to change? improve your day, improve your week, you know, be it a few good factor or help them. And yeah, and then understanding, yeah, did, did you make a difference? Did the product or service actually do what they wanted it to do?
1: Are there any examples that you can think of working with those, you know, 200 odd different businesses yeah. where you've asked a question and they've gone, this is where I think my USP is. And then after the conversation, you've, fathomed out that there's actually a much stronger proposition
0: there's probably too many and that's the problem is there's so many there is to pick out one or two there's one slightly odd example quite a unique little business and they made refillable tea bags okay yeah, not something that I knew existed refillable tea bags it's a great product I haven't seen them for a wee while so they were, they were doing really well at the time and A lot of their message was about the fact that you can change the blend of the tea and all the rest of it. And and it was healthy, herbal tea, you can go and buy the herbs here. and So it was a great message. But it was at the time, which was pre-pandemic, but still the global climate crisis was in in the news all the time. And they worked out, actually, there's no plastic in their tea bags. And did you know there was plastic in tea bags? Oh,
1: I do. Yes. Yes.
0: Again, the, the, the ignorance of myself is it's unlimited. I had no idea there was plastic in tea bags. So all of a sudden that was the tiny thing. They're now unique because there was no plastic. And there are probably other tea bags in the world that don't have plastic. They suddenly got traction with a whole new target market. The inference was that all tea bags have plastic. They didn't state that because that's, that's, that wasn't true. To be able to go out and say the good things about our product, and also we have no plastic, so we're you know we're caring for the environment, it's a, just a whole new marketplace. There's a mythical marketing story about Red Stripe beer, which I'm fairly sure is not actually true, but it was told for a number of years as being true when Red Stripe in North America, they were about 10th in the marketplace, and they came out with an advertising campaign that said, our beer is triple filtered. And they talked about the purity of the beer, turns out most beers were triple filtered and that's just how beer was made. But it was that perception that they were better than everybody else. They didn't lie. They just stated the fact that our beer was triple filtered. So, and they went to number one in about six months. What they did was prior to that, and it follows through a number of other cases. They did some research. They bothered to ask their clients, their customers, what was important to them. And part of it was the purity and therefore they thought there was less hangovers. They thought that it was doing them less harm. I think that's all very arguable and it's subjective, but there was in that. Moderation. feeling, Yeah. There. It was that feeling they gave to their customers that they were buying something better. It was yes. just, a, and that's what propelled them. And it bought them. There was another phrase that was born out of that called a unique perceived benefit. Two ways. If you look at a unique selling point, you can be unique in your market. And I know we'll, we'll go on to talk about that, about better analysis and who your customers are, but a unique perceived benefit. You might not actually be unique. Because not everybody in the world is unique. If you're an accountancy firm or a, a, a retailer or whatever, you might not be unique. But there is something unique about you. And it, it, it may be the perceived benefit that your product or service brings. It may be the attitude of you and your staff. You might have 10 staff and there's another business down the road that has 10 staff doing the same service. But actually, you're different because, and it's because <laughs> you take the time to listen But something. Everybody is unique, as you said earlier on.
1: It is finding that differentiation, isn't it? And also I think making yourself memorable is that hook of, I tell this story a lot that there's a design company that I worked for 13 or 14 years ago and people still ring up asking for Wendy. And it's on the back of that if you're working with a really good design agency, there's very Little opportunity for that to change unless the the company goes, the designer leaves, or, you know, there's a big falling out or or change of direction, whatever. And I would always say to people, look, you've got these established relationships. The idea is that I just want to introduce us as a really good plan B. We want to be your plan A, but you've got plan A already. So let's be your plan B. And they'd still get people ringing up saying, can I speak to Wendy? Because I need that good plan B. That's that differentiation. Even after the test of time, you know, 10, 12, however many years later, they would still come back to that conversation.
0: You Which know, is it's magic because you've resonated with those people. There's something that they needed. And the, and the way you put it across at the time, well, didn't they believed it, It also meant something. It meant enough to to remember it.
1: It's finding out those things, isn't it? So when it comes to USPs, some of the workshops that I've delivered in the past has been about it's hard to do sometimes is to look at who your competitors are to see what they're doing. The only reason I say it's difficult is because we can all get hung up on how our competitors are perceived to be doing so much better than us. But isn't that the trick? Of course it
0: is. But business owners, we all think everybody's doing better than us. You know, I'm now doing some some business coaching, some mentoring. And I look at how you can jump onto the internet and the internet is full of business gurus and coaches. And all of a sudden, I can't compete with that. And if you go down your high street, if you're a retailer or a shop or a, I don't know, there's so many industries out there. But yeah, you go and find somebody else. Oh, they look great. They're advertising. The message great, and Don't they look great in that picture? Yeah, you can do the same. They are no different to you. They're only human beings. If they look great, they just spent a bit more time in thinking about who they're talking to, what the message is, how they come across. And actually, we're all a wee bit shy about believing in ourselves. So if you put a message out there, you still think somebody else's message is better. But actually, no. Sometimes we need to look into what our successes have been. Do you have customers? If you've got customers, you're doing
1: something right. When I have to look at myself, I I get all weirded out because it is just, well, I don't know. I I just know that I'm really happy when I'm doing the thing that I I love to do. Why do I have to think about it any harder than that? It does make you feel weird. Yet, one of the things I always say to people is, I'm not interested necessarily in what it is that I do. My interest is in helping you to do something that you need to do. Let me tell you about my Power Up programme. An hour and a half with me and accountability later. It's by no means ever going to fix everything but what it will do is it will allow us to find one area that's a key priority for you to implement straight away into your business and allow you to just see the other areas that you need work on it's a great stepping stone into the 12-week building block program just book a chin wag let's have a natter and let's see how i can help you Has there been a point where you've had a conversation around USP for you and your business that has made things count that you could go, oh, if that conversation hadn't happened, then this wouldn't have happened. And you're not allowed to use critical friends because you talked about that already. Oh,
0: yeah, yeah, that was, that was my punchline. So I used that up already.
1: The, the clarity
0: piece is, is the thing. Uh, it's the one thing that I started trying to devise. What, what's my take on helping small business owners grow? it's having that clarity of where they're going, what what are you trying to do? And in in every business that I currently work with, it's that ability to really work. Why are they doing it? What is that? To two or three clients i am working with just now, with all the conversations I've started about that, because before anybody engages with me or I engage with them, I've got to know that they actually have a passion for what they do. And they might not know how they're going to get there, which is good because that's where I can come in, but they've got to know, I want to get somewhere. I want to build a business. I want to build it for this reason. I want to employ this many people or I want to make this kind of money or I want to solve these problems. And it's having the self-belief to make a choice. That And sometimes we can't do that on our own. Sometimes you need to back to you. You need to talk. You need to have conversations. Family and friends are great, but most of the time family and friends
1: will lie to you. They're cheerleaders, not- aren't they? Aside from my husband, and anybody who knows me and knows my husband will know that he's quite brutal <laughs> <laughs> in <It> his honesty. <laughs> Yeah, it, it, they will cheer you up. They will reassure you. They'll make, say it, it'll work out, won't they? But like you say, that critical friend piece is where you go, well... It, it,
0: peer-to-peer aspect, speaking to other business owners in a similar field and just allowing yourself to be that little bit vulnerable. Yeah, This is what I'm thinking. This is what i and allow people to criticize you in a supportive way.
1: I think there's got to be, you know, positive critique, isn't it? Yeah.
0: The one thing is, if you're passionate about something, stick to your guns listen understand your customers but if people keep telling you to change there may be a message in there but if one person says you're wrong I question that too so you've got to have some self-belief yeah but with that the compassion to listen to uh, as well and there's that there is a balance in there
1: and no I, th- I think you're right because that it's that drive we've talked before about doing some you know if you're going to do something there's been situations in the past where we've just gone, there was no reason not to do it. So we just did it. And it's when something is seemingly that easy, it has to be the right thing to do for your business. So that belief comes in at that point, doesn't it?
0: If you believe it, you're passionate about it, there'll be signs to to say, yes, crack on, carry Mm -hmm. on. The also American Bob Proctor, who talks about the laws of attraction, that type of thing. If you believe it, your mind will be open to the opportunities to take that project forward. You then make a choice. You either step forward, or you change and go back away. And that's the difference that most of the big entrepreneurs that we all know about in the world—they've walked through the door of opportunity to coin a phrase. They've spotted it. But they've taken the chance. And you know what? Doesn't always work, but a lot of the time it does. You'll never know unless you try it.
1: I think the pandemic recently has shown a lot of us the word pivot came about. I just said, you know, I pirouetted, so Uh I grazed my knees a lot until I could do the turn and not fall over. And ask yourself those questions. What is it that I really want to be doing and follow that passion.
0: We all get busy. Day to day is stressful between family and money and the world and everything else. And it's difficult to sometimes practice, right, and it's just uh, difficult to take a step back, just take a step out and think, right, I'm here. Is this still where I want to be? We talked about working on your business, but what about working on your life? You know, Take a step out. Yeah, Being Business is part of your life, particularly with small business owners. Is this, what, is, is this really what the plan is? Is this, is it, if I keep doing this, is it going to make me happier? And sometimes you step out and say, oh, what if I could change that thing? Or what if I went in a different direction? Or what have we changed it up and made it bigger and better and brighter? I just have the ability to think and believe. Sometimes it's difficult.
1: I was watching a film last night. It was called Champions and it was Woody Harrelson. You're guaranteed it's going to be a decent movie if Woody's in it. And he used that visualisation piece and said, visualise yourself, it's about basketball, visualise yourself on the court cheering with ticker tape and everything else yeah. and i'm not going to spoil it if anybody hasn't watched the movie that happened but not how you would imagine or for why you would imagine okay. and, and it made me just think do you know what even that was a gift of a moment take the time
0: out to notice that as well is the important thing yeah. because there are good things in this world and there are good people in this world and it's just take the time out to to notice that yeah, um, Most of us in the daily work, we're just too busy. We, we jump off one meeting into the next meeting or from one conversation to another conversation and yeah. just it's the ability to really understand. What did that mean?
1: David, I knew there was a really good reason why I asked you to come and uh, be my guest on the show. There's such a lot of insight in our own experiences, what we've witnessed. We've been very fortunate to have an insight into lots of other businesses and how they operate as well. And yet the same challenges are there for everybody. And we're here to we're here to help. We'll make sure people can find you with the show notes and things like that. Uh, is there anywhere in particular you would like to direct listeners to encourage them to carry on the conversation with you?
0: I have a website. ClearSight Strategies Limited or ClearSight.co.uk people can find me and chat. A lot of what I do is is really listen and understand people. Whilst I'm a consultant, I'm there to help people as well. So if somebody just wants a conversation, you're not going to get a bill at the end of it. So just engage. And if you can help people and if they can help people by employing people, even better. And that's what makes the world go round.
1: You're going to get inundated. No, I can't thank you enough, David. Thank you so much for joining.
0: Lovely to talk to you.
1: And I haven't done this for a while. We are giving a shout out today to Vanessa at Think Global Recruitment. She sent me a message on LinkedIn and I'll read it out. It goes like this. Hi, Wendy. Listen to the first four episodes of your podcast. Well, not officially the first four, but the episodes with Nikki Pattinson, Bookso, James Daniel and Henny Maltby. Really enjoyed the conversations, especially Nikki Pattinson's. Thanks for creating and I look forward to listening to more. And then she sends me another message a few days later saying, I've listened to another couple of episodes today. I think this is just brilliant. Well, thank you, Vanessa, for sending me a message. And I didn't realize that people went right the way back to when we started. Back on the 5th of November, 2020. But there are some really incredible conversations for you to catch up on. And if you're short of time and can't fit in the hundred and something other conversations that we have now, do go to the website and use the search bar, pop in topic or name, something that you're really interested in in terms of a keyword, and you'll be able to find something. I hope you found that conversation really insightful and I would love for you to drop me a line. Answer the following statement. I am unique because... And complete the sentence. Or if you're a we, we are unique because... I'd love to hear what your uniqueness is so that I can give you a shout out on a future show. Next time, we're going to be talking to Ben Hanlin all about storytelling.